welcome to Conversations Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Sayo Nickerson. We hope that you will join Brandon, Victoria, and I as we aim to make sense of the past, age-old mysteries, and historical figures through mediumship, where we chat with beings or spirits on the other side who have a story to tell. If you are curious about history and our world and always wish that you could talk to someone from the past, then this podcast is probably going to be quite interesting for you. Prepare to be fascinated and intrigued. We certainly are. We never know where it's going to go, and we hope that you will come along for the ride. We're really excited about this episode because it was just so cool, and we're excited to bring it to you. But this was the very first one that we recorded. This is all new for all of us, including Vic, our medium. And um, we're not, we weren't really sure what to expect or what we'd be able to get in contact with. And um, so we, we just came up with this idea to do Gobekli Tepe, which is a really interesting ancient site located in southeastern Turkey in Anatolia that they have now dated to 12,000 years ago, which um, basically blew the minds of all the archaeologists in the world because nothing was nearly that old that's been made by men that we have discovered. So um, anyways, it's a very compelling interview in my mind, and I had no idea where it was going to go. We are still a bit new (laughs) with this, and um, we realized we didn't give much background to what this site actually is. So Brandon's going to tell us now just what to what Gobekli Tepe actually is. Okay. Uh, Gobekli Tepe. So what is it? Gobekli Tepe is translated means potbelly hill. So there's structures on top of it and actually all around it. And what's very interesting about the, that structure is that it's, like she was saying, it's 12,000 years old, uh, 11,000, 12,000 years old. So that makes it around 9,000 B.C. 9500 BC, actually. They discovered the site in 1963, but they didn't start excavating it until 1995 when a guy named Klaus Schwab, nope, yeah, Klaus Schmidt, not Klaus Schwab. (laughs) Klaus Schwab is a different guy altogether. Um, Klaus Schmidt, uh, he actually excavated it from 1995 to 2014. It's that big, it's huge. Uh, There are stones there that are hundreds of tons. How did they move them there? And what's even more interesting is why did they bury this entire site? The site was purposely buried, or at least that's what they think. Again, why? So one of the things that they had back then, or what they believed back in that time, because it was the end of the Ice Age, is that um, this was a hunter-gatherer society. However, to lift these stones, to move these stones, to even um, cut these stones, would take vast amounts of labor. So... That means that they believe agricultural societies popped up way before, even 5,000 years before than they originally thought. So in order to feed these um, laborers, you need lots of food. And how do you get that? That's through agricultural societies. You really can't do that through hunter and gatherer. That's part of what we talked about in our interview. Um, It's really our first time interviewing. So... What Saya was saying is we had some questions that were kind of timid in it. Uh, it's going to get better. What we think you'll find is going to be very interesting. It's, it was interesting for us just because we haven't really done this where we have, you know, these beings or people or spirits from, you know, thousands of years ago sitting across the table from us. So we, we realized that Brandon and I, and also Vic, I suppose, were very deferential and a bit timid, like Brandon said. 
And um, I think we're just feeling our way as to how do we actually communicate with these people. And um, there are so many unanswered questions about this site. And we really just scratched the surface in asking about them. We're just very timidly exploring. So I'm hoping that we'll actually get to do more on this site sometime down the future and get even more answers. But what, what came up was so interesting um, to me, and I'm hoping to you as well, and it was to all of us. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think. Enjoy. What we're trying to do is to shed some light on some historical mysteries that, um, you know, or just to get a sense of how people lived back in the day instead of researching with physical objects and trying to deduce um, theories from that, we are going to try to connect with um, spirits and souls that lived during that time to see if they can help shed some light and answer some of the questions that we have about that time. So we've got Victoria Stratford, oh. <laughs> <laughs> who's our medium, and Brandon Ellis, who's, who's a, an interviewer. Yeah, and me, I'm Sayo Nickerson. Not that we need our last names. Yeah, so we decided today that we would um, look at uh, just asking specific questions and just seeing what happens. We've done two other um, sessions, just uh, seeing who came through, and then once specifically asking to speak to a someone who was living in Japan during World War II, which was really interesting, and That's it's made really us cool. realize that we want to actually record these, um, even though we're just figuring out the process and the format and all of that stuff. Um, and today we decided to choose the topic of Gobekli Tepe. And so what we're going to do is bring you back about 11,600 years. Wow. <laughs> 12,800 years ago, there was this major catastrophe that happened on earth and water levels rose 500 feet. And they think it was the um, destruction of Atlantis. That's what happened at that time. Then they unearthed, they thought before that, that history started, you know, um, not history, but um, civilizations started around and, and um, big buildings and all that stuff, pyramids started around 5,000 years ago. However, this Gobekli Tepe they unearthed is 11,600 years old. They don't know how that happened and how these giant um, tonnage uh, buildings are there. Not really buildings, but... Um, They're like megalithic yeah, stones. Yeah, megalithic stones. Okay. Kind of like Stonehenge, but yeah. it's huge. So um, a lot of it was buried, and it's like just a big mound, but it's an artificial mound. They it actually... was buried for some strange reason they also don't know. Yeah, so. but it's so big. I, don't, I can't remember how many like square kilometer I don't know maybe it's not square kilometers but it's a huge site mm -hmm. and they figure that there's like every circular thing of these huge stones which are as tall as like five meters some of them um are all like sort of one temple and they figure there's about 20 temples in this site and they've only unearthed a very small percentage of it a very small percentage so they still like don't know and what they unearthed is, is like a stonehenge okay yeah what in Turkey, in southern, southeastern Turkey. Anatolia, right? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we will turn it over to Vic and see 
um, if there's anybody who was alive during the time of Gobekli Tepe when it was actively being used and around, um, you know, the, the 10,000 to 12,000 years ago, say, in mm -hmm. that range, who has anything that they would like to share with us? Okay, so just calling anyone in from that time that has a story to tell. Immediately I'm sensing a male presence. Um, it feels like someone from that time who would be considered as a scholar because I'm seeing them coming through like, hello, like quite politely and um, properly or formally. What does he look like? So he's got longer hair. Um, doesn't look clean by our standards nowadays. <laughs> Dark hair. It's interesting because I don't have a clue what humans would have been like back then. I'm trying not to think about that. <laughs> um, but there's this feeling that there's someone here who's um, a lot smarter than we may have thought they would have been. Okay, I feel like he's showing me to an open space of land where there's this grass. He's pointing to something on the left which kind of look, I want to say it looks like a hill or a natural kind of formation where the land would curve. So is this before it was built? After. After, okay. Yeah, I feel like he's showing me what was done. And what, what was his role? Okay. What was your role in this? Are you like director or... um? Overseeing, hearing like the myth behind the madness is um, he okay? So he doesn't feel like he's someone who um, wasn't a hands-on approach. He's not like a worker or a builder. He's directing people, and are they in the building phase right now? Is that his job there? He feels, I want to say, like the architect. Hmm. That's the energy I get from him. Is his name by chance Thoth? Don't think so. Does he say what his name is? Well, <laughs> he's saying that will come later. Yeah. Um, okay, so what was this expanse of grass that he was showing you? He's showing me someone. Just going to park that question because he's showing. When you said Thoth, there's someone then who appears next to him who in size and energy feels much bigger. It's almost like this is being built for someone. Um, as if there were like, I don't want to use the word kings, it doesn't feel like king. Okay, I'm just going to describe what I see when I... Feeling into Thoth, it's like a, it's almost strange, but it feels like a giant. And I know that people have said that there's like a, conspiracy or whatever thought that um, giants exist or existed um, but the, the f I feel like it almost feels more like caveman-esque um, yeah I'm just seeing like big build and then this guy next to him the architect feels more 
he's carrying out whatever this other man has seen or... Is it the Anunnaki? Say that again, is it? Anunnaki. Anunnaki. That other man? Is he an Anunnaki? As you say that, it's giving him more form. So I kind of want to say yes. And so going back to the architect, mm -hmm. so um, he's planning this. Why are they building it? It's hard for civilization. It's almost like then he's showing me all these structures being built and it feels kind of like it's round in a, almost like a circle, like an oval shape. And then in the middle would be more like um, low-lying land. So like it's built up around the edges. But in the middle, there's this, that grassy space is still there. But it, it feels, I'm saying I'm not convinced that it was ever completed. Feels like something happened that stopped it before it got to completion and they got to like live within it. And then it kind of like, um, well, you know, when stuff isn't touched, then it just gets overgrown and, and it's like hidden beneath. But then this, the, there's something still there. But yeah, it doesn't feel complete. So what was the purpose of it? Were they trying to build a city that people could live in? Or was it a ceremonial place that people would pilgrim to, pilgrimage to? Doesn't feel like it would have been a city because I don't see it being built out. It's more like a, um, and I'm seeing Stonehenge it feels more of a place to come to for a reason. Yeah. And why this location? Hearing ley lines. And there's something, something to do with the sun or something in the sky. This feels like there's a perfect point where something like beams down into a, like almost into the center. Like there's a reason that it's there, like astrologically or um, to do with like the elements, like this, it's a perfect conjunction almost of something. Did other civilizations come and visit it? I don't feel like it ever got that far. How long did it take for them? Well, how did they build? How did they lift those seventy ton, fifty ton stones? <laughs> so I have to not get my brain involved because like <laughs> how? Um, okay. Honestly, I'm kind of like, um, it feels like a lot of it was there and it just needed to be unearthed. I keep hearing unearthed. And I'm seeing that guy again, the one who feels like a giant. Just picking them up, putting it. <laughs> As if like, the human brain is coming in, but very well could have been a whole race of people that we don't even know about that could have done this. Because seeing the architect and this giant guy side by side, they're just like... Not the same species. No. Completely. How much taller is he than the architect? I want to say like four. Four meters? Four times taller. Four times bigger. So the Anunnaki are around, I think, nine to 12 feet tall. Okay. I think... Because they've Maybe unearthed before times. Yeah, because back in the early 1900s, you'll have newspaper articles that aren't around anymore. But even from the Smithsonian, and they're 
um, unearthing, architects were unearthing 10 feet, 12 feet, 15 feet, even one to 18 feet tall um, skeletons. Mm. And they have pictures and all that stuff. So, um, and in uh, ancient Sumer, um, they were called the Anunnaki in the Sumerian tablets. They were called the Anunnaki, these big giants. So I'm wondering if that's who they are. So that guy, does he, is, is he from Earth or has he come from somewhere else? Earth. Hmm. Like, I'm hearing original. Huh. Say that, yeah. Was he born on Earth or was his species from another planet? He feels like he was born here personally. But species wise. So interesting. It's, I'm suddenly getting the feeling that so much of what was originally from this planet was just cold. Like there's this like a line drawn of a whole mystical, what we would call mystical life before and then it's just like regular human civilization after that. There was like a death of why did that happen? Because at this point I'm seeing the architect and the Anunnaki guy next to each other and it feels harmonious. Doesn't feel like there's a particular hierarchy. Mm. Um, it feels like working together and the Anunnaki guy is um, <clears throat> teaching this human, the architect, the ways. So there's harmony there and what, what did happen then? When did this all go wrong? And is that why it never got finished? There's someone or something somewhere else on Earth with an agenda. That's what it feels like. There's a darker, um, a darker energy human I'm sensing. Hmm. Like a group or a single? Originating from one person and his agenda, but he wouldn't have done it alone. Hmm. That's interesting. And then I'm hearing like civil war. So what back then would have been classed like civil war between, yeah. Would it be between the Anunnaki? Oh, you said human, okay. Well, it was like human and Anunnaki, like between the two, uh -huh. I feel. Um, so this is like super fascinating about him like teaching, like I guess the humans that are more like us, right? Mm -hmm. How to mm -hmm. build. So did they do this? elsewhere in the world were they were they like they had certain knowledge that they were trying to pass on to humans and what kind of knowledge was it mm. like i'm being drawn to south america and i know there's a lot of stuff there bill i'm just feeling an energy of peace from the anunnaki there's there's no other word to really describe it just it's from that particular one or from the species from the race definitely this particular one but i'd say from the race as well i mean i don't feel that any um group is ever without maybe some differing it, energy or like is it a feeling of like wanting to share and give something about their purpose or like it's not even in their nature to to have conflict like there's um 
so hard to describe. Again, I'm seeing the the conjunction of like why they're building it here. It's just like this. This is our job. Like we are. Huh. So the the Anunnaki, there was. Um, so I'm wondering if that was really an Anunnaki because the Anunnaki were a warlike race. Okay. And um, they had their their good faction that which was trying to help humanity, though it wasn't very big according to the Sumerian tablets. And then they had um, like Enlil and his group that were um, really enslaved humanity, did okay. a lot of treacherous stuff to humanity, and there ended up being a war. Um, okay. Um, but that the, but there was like there was like beings like the Hathors or the the Syrians and uh, or beings in the Sirius constellation that really were peaceful and and were mm-hmm. here to teach. The, so. What I'm tuning into here is peaceful. Then when I was feeling over mm-hmm. there, somewhere else was not peaceful. But I keep being drawn back to him, and it's it's about like they're just like carrying out yeah what they're here to it's do. Probably Enki and his Anunnaki. And so going back to their building it there because it's like an auspicious place to do with mm-hmm. the ley lines and the stars. So what is the purpose of this? place being there with all these things why it feels like it's a place for people to connect up oh that's cool it's kind of like the great pyramids i'm seeing and feeling like out the ground like just yeah okay so it's like a temple yeah but not not almost be like but it feels open that like it's you need to see the sky there was something in egypt and it was all around the world there was um uh, mystery schools mm-hmm. and like the pyramids um, or the Great Pyramid of Giza would be a, considered a mystery school which is and back then it's called the left eye of Horus and so I'm wondering if it's also another one of those spots because it like Great Pyramid of Giza it's got to be on ley lines it's got to be um, anyway yeah yeah suddenly seeing like across earth there are so many interconnected places this feels creepy <laughs> like they're Oh, and it feels like there should be a formation to them. Like if you were to look at a map and put all these places together, it feels like it would create something, whether it's like a, you could see a link. There's a link somewhere and why they're in those places. And I'm like, Stonehenge for sure. Egypt, this one. Oh wow, oh, getting chills. Australia. Uluru. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? Uluru. Oh, big yeah. Rock. Yeah. yeah. What's the purpose of connecting them all? It feels like raising vibration of the planet. Like there's, it just seems so weird now having felt and seen this, like what are we doing? What was, what are humans doing now? Like it, it, we're so far gone off of what they wanted. Yeah. And who we should have been and should have been really. I believe that. Just like, it's like a fork in the road of history. It just went boop. Hmm. Around that time, 11,600 years ago, or around the Gobek, Beke, Gobek Tepe time? Back when, okay, I feel like we need to go into this energy of seeing the peace and the, the conflict from somebody else, because this feels quite poignant in, in the story. I feel like there's somebody else to tell that story, though. It's not, it's not these two. 
Okay, who else? Right, thank you too. Please stand by. Okay, who else wants to come in and tell the story of? Okay. <laughs> I feel really apprehensive about doing this because like somebody from that side wants to mm. tell, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like We're in my in mind, I'm on this side, <laughs> but no, there's no sides here. <laughs> um, okay. There's a sense of feeling threatened from this other side, and they're it's like just classic miscommunication, but on like a grand scale. Mm. Um, thinking that like oh, it's so interesting how people see peace as a threat or like expansion. It's it's a threat to something, um, and a fear that it's going to be used for like evil or destruction. They feel that the expansion is going to be used for that? Yeah. Like the communing with the... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a threat, the spiritual I wonder growth. if it's also a threat that they would lose control. Mm. Like something's going to become redundant then. Like they're... Mm, you might be right then. Where are these people located generally? Okay, if we're in Turkey here, I want to say east, northeast. Like in what would be, what, Russia? China? Siberia? Japan. Or were they all over the place? Like, is this... Or were they kind of from one region? That's more my question, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. If, if there's a... 100% like a hub, because I'm seeing like a hub of dark energy, and there's a core that feels dark, and then it, it kind of starts fading out. Okay, let me see what else this guy wants to say. I see him like with... A staff or something and he's like banging it into the ground could this be like a religious kind of or that's the old religion and they don't like this new religion don't sense it's religion in the way that we would know it anyway hmm. um what is this about it's very strange you know what's interesting and i feel like i need to bring this up because when i tuned in before i came here Oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies, but it felt like I was feeling like a reptilian kind of energy. And I was thinking, okay, why am I getting that? Like, it didn't feel like today was going to be purely about, like, last history. week with, yeah, Second World War, like, yeah. recent history. No, it felt, I was like, why am I getting reptilian energy? And maybe that's so interesting. It's like a war of races that we really know nothing about because like there's way more on earth than we ever thought that's interesting because because uh, f f in myths and even native american lore they talk about us living amongst the star people and um yeah yeah even giants even reptiles um, there's african lore that says we even had wars against the reptiles reptilians oh God, yeah um, the shamans, all that, they, they spoke of it. You know, it's oral, but it's not. Yeah. 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 And I've always felt like, even I've had dreams about it at night where it's like intergalactic war. Like that feels honestly like... It happened. Yeah. And that it will again. It's like, that's almost like the next war. Like that's the real war. Mm. Like whatever's going down here on Earth is just... Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's... There's something greater, and it feels like that existed back then, and then there's been like a huge pause, 
and almost like people have gone into like hiding back to their places, but now it's mingling again. The time we're talking about? Yeah. They've started mingling again. Um, different races from like different... Um, is there, yeah, is there anything, is there a reason why this person's coming through? What is their message they want to get out? And is this person or a reptilian this... you're talking about? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's just entity, I should say. I just keep seeing the color black, like it's, it's dark, but it doesn't, I don't feel danger or fear, which is interesting. I'm not like overridden mm. by or consumed by this energy that's like, this is not good. It's just a color, like it, something about it doesn't have as much power as you would assume it would. Hmm. Maybe because it's more internalized versus externalized within that person. Yeah. Or it's coming down. The source of that energy doesn't feel like it was on earth at this time. Of that black energy? Yeah. At this it time? It came down. As in back then? Yes, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It came down from somewhere else. Intergalactic. Well, I mean, like we say nowadays, sometimes we think politicians are reptilians or there's people on Earth who have that in them. Like, perhaps it was just a energy that... A frequency that... Yeah, that f infiltrated humans. Whoever existed back then in this group and with and it, it yeah there's like a poison that kind of spreads is there anything that they'd like to say i don't really like this person <laughs> they feel a bit like um trickster insincere i feel like i'm not i don't want to trust whatever's coming through mm. here really should we say goodbye and bring back the other guys yeah <laughs> thank you for coming okay. through it's interesting thank you you can leave Right. Is there anybody of the light who can tell us about this situation? No one's immediately coming through. Okay, what, what do you feel like to know next? Um, I just wanted to ask more about the site at Gobekli mm -hmm. Tepe. Okay. Um, for example, uh, it, sound, it seems like from what the archaeologists have discovered is that these, because you're right, it was it was kind of like an indentation and then built up around it. And then, um, but it was also parts of them as they went, got buried. They were intentionally buried under debris. And um, we want to know why. Again, I feel like I'm coming back to that word destruction. feels like there's someone or something that wants to stop this connection of all the places. Like this, let's, being sabotaged. Yes, that's the word. Hmm. Yeah. And then, so, because I think they were buried carefully for preservation. Mm -hmm. um, so were they trying to uh, keep it secret? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm feeling it needed to be moved so that if they couldn't use it, nobody else could use it. They didn't want it to fall into the hands of the enemy? Yeah. And so they had to bury it before it was completed? Or did they ever get a chance to use it? Because I think it was around for many thousands of years. Hmm. Did you ever get a chance to use it today? Now I kind of feel like I'm just tuning into the energy of the place rather than like 
communicating with spirit um, on a small scale. Yeah. Did we ever get to how long it was built? How long did I it take to build? My initial instinct was like a thousand years. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they figure. A thousand, fifteen hundred years or something to like build? that. To build? Yeah. Well, Over time, adding um, to it and stuff like that. Is the... How did they lift the stones? We never got to that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it just feels like a mystery that like, I don't know if that can be answered. And I'm seeing Stonehenge again that keeps like coming back. How did they lift the stones with Stonehenge? Just like seeing that place in my mind's eye. I've been there a few times. It's... How did they lift it? Not telling. No. Um, so there's... Uh, they talk about agriculture around Gobekli Tepe. And I think one of the questions is, okay, did agriculture was it already there and that's why they chose to build there um or was it when this place was built then agriculture started because people came and then maybe settled there i don't feel like the place was chosen because of agriculture it feels like it was chosen because it's the place. yeah yeah and so then Presumably, then people stayed, and so where did the where did they learn about agriculture? Because they figured this is the very first place on Earth where there was um, agriculture, grain. Again, I'm seeing the connection up, and it's like that's it's like wisdom that just comes through. Like, Somebody was meditating there, and then they got the channel, like, hey, try pretty, planting some of this, and it might yeah, work. like even now, when you know, like human design was channeled by somebody or like all these different like gene keys and things like they were all imagine back then when this is more like common occurrence of being that connected mm-hmm. like imagine the power of stuff that would have come through yeah that's so interesting that the the knowledge came so i was wondering if the knowledge came from because it sounds like you know this other the larger figure was kind of there um, teaching them like how to do this and how to track the stars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I was wondering if they had taught, or were teaching the people there other things, or just teaching them how to basically tune into spirit and. I'm being drawn back to the architects. I'm like, okay, if his name's the architect, that's what we've named him. What makes him the architect? Like, if these people are telling him what to do, what is his role then? Because he feels important. Okay. Now I'm here like architect of the future. So I'm, there's like a sense now that this race that came in with all the wisdom, what are they called again? Anunnaki. Oh, there's, okay. The the giant guy. There's this feeling of knowing that they're not going to be here the whole time. Hmm, so they need to pass on the wisdom. Yeah. Um... This kind of brings in, okay, why would they pass in the wisdom? Did they, them and some other ET races create humanity? Immediately I feel no, they didn't create it. It's as though it's important for the future of humanity that this stuff was implemented on Earth before human race as we know it appeared. It's almost like leaving clues or something like leaving a connection for us to figure out later 
yeah, to what what could be. And then mm. in that time from then to now, not much done? happened. <laughs> and what have we done, basically? It, mm. It's like we've offered you this thing. We've, we we gave you, you know, architect of the future. We gave you these things you could do. And yes, not not that nothing's come of it. Like okay, if agriculture came from then, then we've learned. There's things that have been learned, but there's just so many forks in the road where things started splitting more and more and now it's just kind of got lost. It's like coming from this original source and then splits and splits and, sp- and just keeps, mm. that just keeps growing and like just growing further and further from mm. the source and like how is, is there a way back? Mm. Um, instead of on another note, I mean, what, so the, the, the architect, his people, what was society like for them back mm. then? Simple. Mm. Okay, yeah. It's like drawing me to another area of energy of... I want to be drawn to like whatever their religion would be. If we're in Turkey, yeah. Um, so they had religion. I'm using that word because that's the word that I know. Yeah. Some notion of a higher power. But it feels much more earthly-based than the other people with the source up. Like it's, the energy of that is expansive. It's like, and feeling into the energy of this is muted. Mm. It's it's contained a lot smaller. Um, and even the color of it's just kind of like beige. So there's not as, doesn't feel like there's as much dimension to. Did they have like a class society? feels more um, community-oriented. I'm just wondering, because if he's, like, important, it's like, why? You know, is he, like, the leader? Do they have... Are you talking about the architect? Yeah, or is he, like, a spiritual leader of some Maybe kind? he was just really good at what he did. Just smart. He was a master at it. Master at his trade, maybe. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's a hierarchy then between, oh, because he was this, he's better. We're wondering if they just recognize the talent for what it is and the gifts and if they could just, okay, I'll be working on this and since you're really good at farming, you'll be doing that. Yeah. Feels more of, more of that than like someone being more powerful. But then I do also see, I feel like in any, in any community, there's always like usually a a figurehead or there's, there's someone or something that like. Like the elders, the ones that have wisdom. Yeah. Um, this is a random question. What did they eat? <laughs> I was actually thinking that. I was about to ask that. Whatever animal was local to this area. So I feel like they were eating meat. Hunter-gatherers? That's, yeah, more that vibe. Seasonal. Very earthly-based. Like, really... Living can, by the land. Yeah, I can always hear the, like, <laughs> slicing of, like, Skin from flesh on animals. Just kind of gross. Hmm. Oh, um, at the site, in the debris that like fills up, they found a lot of bones, including human bones, that were like cut up, cut up into like small pieces. Do they, do they know anything about that? Human bones cut up into tiny And animal bones. And like why they would do This is strange, but what I'm hearing is like, not wanting to leave any way for people to come back. Like, 
if their bones were preserved, it almost feels like they could still be people, like, rise again, which sounds strange, but, like, they need to destroy, hmm. to break up. Is that part of their burial rituals? Not immediate. It feels like, almost like you would bury someone or something, and then once enough time had passed and, like, their soul had gone, you would then go back and, like, break up the bones. So that they wouldn't come back as zombies? Not as zombies, but um, it feels like it signifies, like, the end. Of that lifetime. Yeah. Once the zombies are returned to the earth. It's super interesting. I have a question, because it's something I was telling you, I think, at um, Ganesha, or was it called Ganesha 88? Mm -hmm. Um, at Gobekli Tepe, um, the, and Mayans, um, on Mayan stones and in, um, ancient Sumeria. Um, so we have Turkey, Mesopotamia area, and then South America. Um, they've found what's called the, it's a person that these are all very much alike, um, engraved on stones, carrying looks like a purse like this and this one's carrying on stone 43 uh, Gobekli Tepe they're carrying that and also in Sumerian um, stones over there too the tablets um, actually I don't know if it's right on the tablets but it could be on some of the um, the ancient temples or ancient ruins um, and what it means in ancient Sumer is those people were considered the um, uh, shoot civilization teachers like they would go around and teach civilizations how to build how to farm how to do all that mm -hmm. why was there one on stone 43 in Gobekli Tepe which was before Sumer and before Maya I'm hearing original again there's something about this place being like origin the place or the people so it's strange that it would be there because that was way before the other ones. And why would there be an identical one in Mesopotamia as it would be in South America when those are so distant? Mm. Even this is distant from Turkey too. Not too distant actually. Distant, are you talking about in time or... Um... Distance, in, like, yeah. Well, what's, what are Physical they? Distance. What are, what are those? So the Sumerians said they were the people who would go around and teach other civilizations how to build and, like I said. Yeah, do. What's, what does the one at Gobekli Tepe represent? Okay. It feels like I'm hearing, like, it's the story that we've uncovered, like, the teaching and sharing of knowledge. Yeah. That's what That's... these bigger people, that was yeah. kind of their role. And then I have a question... Um, so Graham Hancock, he's a famous um, researcher historian from England, and um, he's probably the most famous uh, te teacher of archaeology of our time. Mm -hmm. And his idea is that um, through what he's learned from, like, listen to Plato and and, his, and go to the archaeological sites, is that there was a place called Atlantis, mm -hmm. and that Gobekli Tepe, Egypt. Maya, Incans, Aztecs, all of that um, were seeded civilizations from people 
who are like on the stone 43, who was like in Mesopotamia and Maya on those stones, who came to seed civilization from after Atlantis fell or during the fall of Atlantis to teach humanity, that kind of thing. Is he correct in that? I do feel an overwhelming sense of all these places being um, like teaching spots. They're just like the perfect place where the energy comes through, the connection happens. And again, I'm seeing them all connecting. There's something, something greater being planned. There's a reason why it was in all these places. So when you, I hear what you say about Graham, Graham Hancock's theory, I'm not like, doesn't feel like, no. Um, this definitely feels like the sense in there. And um, the architects people, uh, so he was like building, like had, had they, cause they're, you know, hunter gatherers from what you're saying, had they built anything else like this? Did they have permanent structures elsewhere before this? No, again, I'm coming back to simple. It doesn't so it all kind of came from this other group. Feels so. And a lot of the stones have like depictions of animals mm -hmm. over like so many of them, so many different kinds of animals. Uh, what was the purpose of that? What did it represent? Stones. Yeah. Why did they do that? It feels like even back then there's a sense of wanting to like capture things, like um, not physically capture, but just capture moments like... Um, like record it yeah. for history or prosperity or for the other next generations? Yeah. So it's like they could say, this is a tiger. But yeah, it just feels like that's a way of recording and, and keeping things because we, not like now we could type everything, take pictures of things and write. It's, it's like, how can we, yeah, capture something hmm. that existed? Cool. One last question. Mm -hmm. um, there's theories that the big stones, the big T-shaped stones, are actually representations of humans um, because they also, a lot of them have hands on them and like a belt and stuff like that. Um, what did they represent? Hearing like protectors. Like, where were they placed on? In a... Yeah, just a really tall standing up, usually two by two. Like, okay. It feels I'm hearing like protector or some kind of like signal of just feels like just like strength or um guardians yeah yeah hmm. cool that kind of energy it's it like feels like it grounds it and like roots it and gives it this like strength yeah cool thank you thank you <laughs> we say goodbye to them or how does that work yeah. how do we usher them out okay. just, we'll just thank them thank you for being here with us today um, thank you for telling your story we hear you we thank you and you can now be free <laughs> leave my energy please cool thank you cool I love it <laughs> That's cool. It's so interesting. How was that for you? Yeah, just super interesting. It's it's um, it's really hard not to go into human brain and be like, this could be all like just made up stuff. But we can record the uh, discussion too, Brent. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I thought it was cool because, um, for one, you were like pretty quick with answers. So it seems like you were connecting mm. more strongly, maybe, mm. or maybe some more confidence. I don't know. Um, and I liked how we could ask questions and you would like have answers for a mm. lot of the stuff. Um, and yeah, like at the beginning, I was just like, oh my God, I want to ask a million different mm. things because you know, that's, that's so cool that somebody from mm. 11,000 years ago is like here. Like telling us mm. what life was like back then. I'm, I'm noticing now it's interesting. Maybe I need to sit with it for a couple of days and let it sink in, but very different to anything else I've ever read. It really felt like I was reading an energy in a place rather than communicating with people. Like last week's one was a whole different... Yeah, I would think so. Did like, you like this more? Or was this a little bit more expansive for you? Yeah, I'd say this is more expansive and abstract. It's, I mean, I love every time I work and it's like in a different way and I think, oh, mm. cool. It's just expanding my like repertoire and my yeah. feeling. But last week was I'm connecting to a person that I guess in the uh, of us in the room we could connect to as well. Like you being Japanese and having that connection there. And just is there was emotion. There was like human emotion as we know it. Whereas this felt just so distant from anything... Mm that we could know. So that, um, maybe that like puts more doubt in there for me. Um, yeah, it's just so different. That's cool. So yeah, that's one of the things that I never got to ask my near-death experience friend. Let's go back to like Tepe. Mm -hmm. Never came up, so I don't. Mm. I have a feeling it has to do with some ancient civilizations that aren't around anymore, like Lemuria and Moo and like we talked about last time, Lyantis and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I think I'm, I'm wondering if these are all just seeded civilizations. And, mm. yeah. um, so I almost asked if there was, um, so you can get it, um, you can go in, inside the um, the Great Pyramid of Giza and there's electricity that it generates. It does everything that a battery would do. I was wondering if Gobekli Tepe was similar if they had that, because I don't know what's under because in order to do that, you need an aquifer underneath the pyramid. Oh, really? Which there are. Um, but I don't know if there's like that in Gobekli Tepe. So I was going to ask you if there was like any type of battery here. Because there's um, a guy I interviewed. Um, he's been on Lifetime and History Channel and all that stuff. And he's a um, military engineer from the United States. And he was tasked to go over to Egypt. And he was looking, he was doing the pyramids and studying them. and 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 he was like, uh, wait a minute, this is a giant battery. This is one of the things it does. It's a giant battery. You could hook up buildings to this and actually run off electricity. And, and then he was looking at the statues, how they're perfectly symmet symmetrical from the right side and the left side. And he says, the only way you can do that is with computer. You can't do that hands, you can't do an etched computer and laser technology. And he's just like, he's like, they were so more advanced. And and mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if Gobekli Tepe is like that, because if you look at some of the, like the Mayan stones and how they're engraved, I haven't really looked at the Gobekli Tepe stones um, too much, but they're like beautiful. They're amazing. Mm. It's like, how do they do that? How do they piece all that together? Mm. We should maybe oh. talk about that next time with the Incans, because it's true. Those huge rocks that fit each other, like Perfectly. a glove, it's amazing. And 10,000 feet up, they would have to lug that up there. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. what did, well, my friend told me how they did that, but it's like, Oh, don't say. Yeah. We'll see what we find <laughs> out from someone who was really there. Um, I was going to ask you, Brandon, like how did what she had to say or they had to say, how did that fit in with what you had heard or have read? Um, the only thing that I, um, in order to build that site over the amount of years that the experts are saying, there needed to be agriculture around there to feed the slaves mm -hmm. who were putting that together. Um, what I was told was that there were no slaves. I was just going to say, I did not feel yeah. any slave energy. And um, mm -hmm. so that would make more sense of a hunter-gatherer civilization. But there's also... Um, um, That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's just... Yeah, it just... If it was a hunter and gatherer thing, there wouldn't really be any slaves there. No, this yeah. I just like blew my mind. Then I was like, that people need there to be slaves. Like, does this mindset that has to be someone telling someone to do something? Why can't it be a co-creation? And the thing is, is like, if you have slaves that are mistreated, whipped, whatever they show in the the, they could not master that craft of building this so unbelievably perfectly. It's better. It's built better than anything that we have today. And by a long shot, I mean, by, by far, mm. like, yeah, it's just like, really cool. So, hmm. yeah. Were there any like, uh, like, oh, that answers this question for you? Um, no, it confirmed. Yeah. Um, she was, I'm glad she brought up the, the giant. Cause that's, yeah, that was so interesting, wasn't that, it? Yeah, I just saw yeah. him there like this huge, because I was told those yeah. those mythical those not mythicals those um, I always call them mythical those ancient ruins had um, help. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just humans; it was other races. Yeah. And if you listen to um, if you ever go to Gaia.com, mm -hmm. um, De Stefano, have you ever heard of him? No. He's this young kid. He um, he grew up. He's in, he's from Peru, I believe, but um, he now has his own. He's now like in his early mid twenties, but he's got his own um, Gaia program now. Um, what he does is he was able to he he grew up with without having the veil there, so he remembers past lives, all of them, wow. and even his he even remembers back in Atlantis when his grandfather was teaching him about the history of humanity, even back in Atlantis, and so he 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 talks about it all. But he also says, okay, so we have. He also talks to his guides and he said, he goes, we have, um, at one time, I believe it was after Atlantis fell or maybe it was before, um, we had four different, uh, we had the Anunnaki living on earth. That was, that was during and at, and before Atlantis and humans and these lizard creatures and these also these giants that were, that were the history keepers of earth and they lived more in the Arctic regions. Um, and he said, he, he said, um, these lizard creatures were kind of very wise. It wasn't the, the reptilians, it's just these lizard creatures, but, 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 but they found 5,000 down in, um, this is also documented and it's a documentary on it. It's on the Gaia channel. Um, they have, sorry, am I boring you? No. Okay. So they have, they found 5,000 mummies 
mummified and they don't know what this, this material around these, these mummies are. It's almost like they sprayed something on them and, and it mummified these and they are lizards and they're about four to five feet tall. Some of them have eggs in them that haven't been hatched yet. And they brought a, a sample to, um, to four different universities. One was Colorado, Colorado University. The others were, I think, was Tel Aviv. And I, I forget the other ones. But they all came back. It's like, this is, this is, they didn't know what it was. They, 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 um, all they did is give me a DNA sample. They didn't tell them anything. Okay, okay, well, it's not, it's not any creature on earth, not even human. And like, oh, interesting. So they showed them them and they're just like what the fuck and they had to keep it a secret because governments would come in and take this thing and the archaeologists who found these 5,000 um, mummies knew that and contacted Gaia personally to, and it took them a long time to get them down there mm. so they were documenting it and Gaia wouldn't it was they wouldn't say what they were doing until they were finished with this anyway Stefano he said that's one of those those they have, like a, they have three long toes and three long like fingers and um, yeah, they're not very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I need to Google all these things. Yeah. I mean, I see stuff like that. It shows up all the time. Like this, the pictures of skeletons of giants. But I'm always like, yeah. isn't that, wouldn't that be common knowledge? Like, why is it not common but, knowledge? But I feel like this is the whole point of this project as well. It's like history is... It was written yeah, but it by people to, who want us to know. Yeah, but yeah, and it was common knowledge back then. It was was common knowledge. It also was common knowledge. They have um, newsletters in the or newsletters, <laughs> newspapers in the eighteen hundred late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds of a UFO that they spotted in the sky. They followed it. It went from um, San Francisco all the way to Chicago, and they had all these news reports of okay, that's in Ohio now. Oh my gosh, blah blah blah. blah. And it goes all the way to um, Chicago. And, and those have been buried. And so what I've done is I've taken a bunch of these news, not newsletters, newspaper articles. Yeah. I put them in my newsletter and I'm doing all this stuff with giants. And uh, it's really cool. And yeah. Um, yeah, so. Cool. Well, I think that was a super interesting episode. And I look forward to doing more. Um, anything else? Anybody else wants to add? No, I just feel like mind blown. But also, <laughs> it, in another level, it makes so much sense. It does, right? I The realm of possibility of what could have been and what could be, just every day my mind is blown. Like, it's, some people probably sound crazy. Giants, this and that. They're legends. They're myths. Well, but we have 30, where do they come from? <laughs> how could we not think that there was other species when we know just in um, our 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 archives just you can just even go on wikipedia how many hominids or mm. almost or humans have been on earth before humans yeah. there's 33 that they've found so far and they just found a 34th like a year ago mm. yeah it's like how can they say this is like my favorite the, so there's one in um a russia that they found in a cave in russia they found bones um, they did DNA samples of them, and I think this is in 2007 or six. They're not human. They're, I mean, they're human, but they're not Homo sapien. They're so they call them. They're found in the Denisovan cave, so they call them Homo Denisovan. Denisovans. Denisovans. And what they found on them was impossible bra bracelets and necklaces and stuff like that that they could not make back then without. Um, laser technology. Not laser technology. High-powered drills. Mm. 
like not just regular, and the drill needs to be fixed, meaning on a machine, and going as fast as our drills go today. Haven't so. they found that some of the Denisovans have been mixed in and like, because um, there are even now, like they'll say like people from Vanuatu. Papua New Guinea is where the biggest population of yeah, mixed like, DNA for. Oh, yeah, that they actually have Denisovans? Denisovans. Denisovans. I think. Um, yeah, that they can like see and like the different human races that have mixed and have gone like, right, even right now, we're not all just one kind. Yeah. Like the Mel, there's another one that starts with an M. What, what? Another kind of human strain. The, there's like Denisovans and then there's like these, mm, I want to say oh, like magnum? melatonins, but it's not that. <laughs> it's like magnum? something like... The Magnons? No, no, it's like a... Anyways, they're in the South Pacific. Oh, I probably, I probably read about but, them. There's yeah, also, there's some interesting history like about stuff like Flores, that. In Flores, they've got the hobbits there. Oh, they really? found six... Um, but in Flores, it's really cool. I did another article on this. They, in Flores, they have a myth that um, in the caves, this is like 60, 70 years ago, they called them the thieves. And they were always small, and they were just pain in the butt. And um, they would come from the jungles, and they'd come in, and they would, they would, they would uh, plant um, bad things in the kids' heads, but they'd also steal from them. And so what they, they kind of got sick of it and they went to the caves where they were living and they burned them alive. And also in 2006 or 2007, um, they found, like, I think six buried ones in a cave and then like 20 or so more around in the caves too. And, and they're hobbits. And they're not, they're physically, they're not, they're not midgets, they're hobbits. They didn't call them hobbits, but they call them uh, a homo floresis. And they are people. They're not midgets. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. anatomically, they would look like us, Just but tiny. smaller. Yeah. So that's why they call them hobbits. Cool. Wow. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Till next time. Yeah.